0: Welcome back to Elevator Advice, a podcast featuring practical conversations with Christian communicators. I'm Conrad Close, and each week I'm excited to bring you on a short elevator ride with an industry expert or Christian leader who has practical advice or experience to share. This week, I'm excited to hop on the elevator with Elizabeth Bristow. Elizabeth currently serves as the Press Secretary for the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, where she oversees press and media operations for the organization. Elizabeth has also served in various roles with numerous other Christian nonprofit organizations and has a lot of experience and insights into the world of nonprofit public relations. I've had the opportunity to work with Elizabeth on a number of occasions and I'm thankful to call her a friend. I've learned a lot from her over the years and I hope this conversation is helpful to you as well. Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining me today
1: thanks so much for having me i'm excited to be here
0: so you've served christian organizations in the public relations space for pretty much your entire career what are a couple of practical lessons you've learned while doing that
1: yeah so um it it has been a minute since i started working um in this field let's see so giving giving a brief history i started Um, right out of college, uh, working with Christian organizations, so that would have been since 2010, and then I've served um, numerous ones on and off, and honestly, there's been quite a few lessons that I've learned over the years, but I would say if I was going to reflect on just a few points, um, the things that really stand out to me is is the need in this type of role uh, and position to be flexible and to be moldable, to always be willing to learn new tricks because the nature of PR is constantly evolving and changing and I look where we are in 2021 as opposed to where we were in 2010 and how much has changed in the the landscape of PR and how we do PR. I mean, you even think about social media and the way that it has just transformed communications um really and truly a lot of that was just starting out um whenever i first got out of school so um my other tip would be like one lesson i've just really learned is to surround yourself with a really talented team um i love teamwork If I had to choose group projects over individual work, I would choose a group project every single time just because I thrive. Um, The best, I think, working with a a group of people where I can bounce ideas off of them and they can share ideas and we can come to the table to collaborate. And so um, if you're able to find that environment where you can just work together as a team, it's just, I I find that to be so rewarding. Um, I would also say, with PR, so much of the the work is deadline-driven, and so um, you never know from day to day what the breaking news will be and how you will have to respond to that um, based on the organization that you're working with. Um, but if you're able to work ahead and forecast what's to come, it's always better To be proactive in work as opposed to being reactive, to be thinking ahead of what's coming down the pike and what can we prepare for and plan for uh, so that you're not just responding in real time, but also um, forecasting what's to come.
0: Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And, you know, a lot of PR, I've heard a lot of people say this, is about building relationships. And, you know, like you said, that goes internally with your team, but it also goes into external relationships with members of the press, members of the media, people you're working with. What are some of the ways that you've found helpful in building relationships with members of the press over your career?
1: Yeah, Conrad. That is absolutely one of the most important and invaluable things that you can do uh, in the area of public relations. It's all about relationships, actually, and uh, and and we learn that in school. We learn that from the very beginning that you have to be a relational person. And I think so many times we we see journalists and we see news anchors and producers and people who work in in that sphere as being unapproachable or um really intimidating right but we have to stop and remember that they're doing their jobs just like we're doing ours and um we have to find ways to relate to them and interact with them and so of course something I haven't done since the pandemic is really go out to coffee with folks that's that's kind of a (laughs) um something we're just now starting to get back into but um I do remember a day where I was frequently traveling to New York or D.C. and um, arranging meetings with producers or reporters to just build that trust, build that relationship and rapport with them. Um, And, you know, even if we aren't sitting across the table from one another. There are different and various ways that we can continue um, that practice. And one thing that, a tool that's right at our fingertips would be social media. Um, so following these individuals on Twitter, following their work, um, retweeting it, interacting with it, letting them know how much you appreciate a piece that they wrote. Um, they they value um, our response to the work that they're doing. And so, I've always found that if there's if there's ways we can be complimentary or show our appreciation to for the work that they're doing, um, it goes a long way. Of course, being genuine on the other side of that as well, but um, I know from my experience whenever I interact with them in these ways, they it carries and they'll come back to you. Like if they have a question or, hey, you know, thanks for that. Thanks for that compliment. Oh, by the way, I'm writing a story on this and can you help me with this? Like it it opens this doorway of conversation. So, so important to build relationships.
0: Yeah, and I I think when you have a relationship with these people that you're dealing with, they're more likely to give you the benefit of a doubt or give you a heads up or reach out when they need something as opposed to, you know, if there's no connection there, it's a lot easier for them to just kind of run over without ever talking to you about something
1: yeah and i mean this is so overly simplified but you think about any relationship with we have that even with a friend if we don't ever talk to them except for when we need something that friendship is not going (laughs) to feel very valued right like we have to keep that communication open and then when we need something oh yeah sure of course i'll do that for you but if we never talk to them except when we need it you know yeah yeah
0: yeah that's a great point. <laughs> what are a couple of, of practical tools, um, switching over here to maybe some more like, practical advice about specific tools and, and platforms that you've used, mm-hmm. what are a couple of pla- practical tools that people should know how to use if yeah. they want to be successful in PR?
1: Yes, I would certainly say if you are looking to dive into this field or maybe you are a student um, who's aspiring to work in PR, if you can do an internship or a project that introduces you to uh, PR databases, um, that would be invaluable experience for you. Uh, There are multiple platforms out there. The one that I've used in my career has been Cision. Used to be Vocus. Uh, there are other competitor um, programs out there, like Critical Mention or Muckrack or Meltwater. And they all accomplish pretty much the same thing. But um, these databases is where we spend most of our time doing research, and uh, we we can get contact information for journalists when we're pitching stories or generating story ideas figuring out who's talking on what issues, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, any kind of experience that you can get uh, from working in these, it's so important. And then beyond that, I would say just honing in on writing skills, knowing AP style, forwards and backwards, and having some journalism experience is always extremely helpful when you're working in PR just because the two really do go hand in hand. Um, and then just, you know, being confident in your writing and editing and even public speaking abilities because really you have to exude confidence when you do the job of PR. It's, it, you, you need to have that confidence about you that um, you can lead and you can represent these clients with a confidence in the public square and in the public eye.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's so important. And I've certainly I've had the opportunity to work with you at a number of different organizations. And I've always been impressed by that, that, you know, regardless of, you know, what information you may have had, or how much, you know, you may have been running on the fly with things. In your interactions with reporters, you were always confident, you were always professional, you knew the information, you gave them what they needed. And I, I've always appreciated that about you.
1: Well, thank you. And and I will say to that point, if there's ever a situation you find yourself in where you are approached with a question that you may not even have the answer to, it is completely okay to tell that reporter, I'm not sure. Let me look into this and I will get back to you. It's always better to do that. Take the high road of being honest and truthful than to try to make up something or give a false statistic or whatever. So, um to that point, you know, transparency is is so key when you're working in this field.
0: Yeah, that that's really good advice. So, you've worked as you mentioned for a number of different organizations, um a lot of Christian organizations, and one of the things that I think goes with working in PR for faith-based nonprofits is you end up dealing with a lot of hostile reporters. There are reporters out there who are hostile towards Christian organizations for various reasons. There are a lot that aren't, but there are some that kind of tend to just have it out for, for Christian organizations for various reasons. What are some of the things you've learned about dealing with hostile reporters in a way that kind of defuses the tension and, and you know, helps the situation rather mm. than making it worse?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. And I got to thinking about this when— and When I think of the term public relations and what that translates to the watching world and and really just to society as a whole is that we are are really doing customer service. And what are the main things we know about customer service? Is that you're, A of all, you're going to have unhappy customers. You're going to experience those who are just furious for whatever reason. And when that happens, they, A, want to be heard. They want someone to just listen to, as they vent their frustrations and tell you all the things that are wrong. <laughs> and most of the time, that's what they're, they're after the most, is just for someone to listen and to empathize and to say, you know what, I hear you and I, I understand what you're saying. Um, we don't always have to have the answer, right, and, and the solution. We just need to be on that receptive end of like, I hear you, I understand you, and I'm sorry, and I think it's really the same way when you're working with these types of reporters. Um, in my years of of serving Christian nonprofits, we've we've definitely had those that just truly don't get it. They don't get us. They don't right. get our theology. They don't get um, the bigger picture of who we are. And 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 then then that's translated in their work. And so there have been occasions where. Um, we've even had to go back to them and ask for corrections or say, I'm so sorry, but this just wasn't communicated correctly. Um, nine times out of 10, they are understanding of that and appreciative and saying, you know what, you're right. Like, I, and We will be happy to issue this correction or whatever. But um, I think like, the biggest key, Conrad, is that we, we listen, we empathize and that we calmly and kindly communicate. Um, just because someone's hostile toward us doesn't mean we have to be hostile back. It's that whole turn the other cheek approach. Uh, and, and really that goes a long way because they're watching our reaction too. They want to mm-hmm. see are we going to get just as angry and, and be a villain just like they are. And so um, truly that I, I've only had it happen probably on a, a handful of occasions where people have been difficult. <laughs> um, but for the <laughs> most part, if you treat them with respect, they're going to they're gonna try as well.
0: that's really good you've also dealt with a lot of pr crises um Mm -hmm. over your years you've you've dealt with a lot of difficult situations that have you've kind of the organizations you've been working with have been in the public eye um, and under a lot of public scrutiny for various reasons what are some of the most important things to remember when you're navigating a pr crisis
1: yeah, that's a great question. PR, a PR crisis is something that no one ever wants to think about, right? Like we, right. we don't like planning for the rainy days. We, we really like the sunny days, but we know the rainy days are gonna come inevitably. So I think the biggest key is to have a plan in place before you ever need the plan. So within the organizations I've served, we've always had a crisis, very detailed, crisis communications plan in place So that if we have to pull it out and use it, it's ready to go. Again, it goes back to my point earlier in the conversation where I talked about how we have to be proactive instead of reactive. When you're dealing with a crisis, it is not a time to be reactive. It's a time to be proactive. And so it is key that um, we have the plan in place and that we're ready to execute it. I would say just as important as that, and this is unfortunately what we've seen time and time again, is a lack of transparency and a lack of truthfulness being displayed when a crisis does arise. We can take the pandemic, for instance. We know that people are all across the board in feelings and and responses to do we wear a mask, do we take the vaccine, do we not. Um, how do we manage all of this? And, and I'm not here to talk about that per se, but what I am here to say is it's pretty established that there is a very low um, institutional trust when it comes to combating this pandemic. How have we gotten there? We have to ask ourselves, how have we gotten there? And sadly, I think so much of it is, is exactly what we're talking about now with the PR crisis. This is a crisis. We are in a pandemic crisis mode. And there have been a lot of instances where um, national figures who are the spokespeople for um, whether it be, you know, the CDC or other organizations, they've they've not been consistent and transparent um, from the onset. And so we're getting a lot of mixed messages, confused messages. We're getting this told over here, but, you know, this person is over here saying this. And um, sometimes people even go back on their word. So. I say all that to say we've got to be truthful out of the gate. Um, we can't delay. We can't, you know, try to cover it up in the beginning and then play cleanup later. We have to be forthright and honest out of the gate. Um, a verse that I want to share out of um, Scripture would be Luke 12.2. And in the Gospel, um, Luke says that there is nothing that is concealed that will not be disclosed there's nothing hidden that will not be made known and I feel like when it comes to a PR crisis we have to remember that eventually the truth is going to come out you know and so let's tell it on the front end so that we're not having to come back and and clean up later Um, even if that truth is hard and even if on, on the onset it does a lot of damage I think it's just so important
0: man that that's so good and I think by by being willing to be open and honest and transparent up front you get to control the narrative a little bit more even if it's mm-hmm. not a great narrative and it's one you wish you weren't working with that's right. you get to control it more if you're out there being upfront with it rather than kind of just having a runaway narrative that you know goes places that may not even be correct that then you have to go back and clean up and it's worse for you
1: yeah you know, that's exactly right
0: straightforward up front and
1: i and i think our society craves transparency right now. Oh, absolutely. We, we need yeah. that more than ever. Um, people don't want fake. They don't want to cover up. They want to know. They want to know what's happened and what's true.
0: Yeah. And there's such a lack of trust in institutions right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I think there's an opportunity in public relations to, you know, people are refreshed when they see an organization just coming out and owning it and saying, yeah, yeah. we messed up. You know this is not what we wanted to happen we own it we're sorry here's what we're doing to to make it better or to you know make sure this doesn't happen again I think people are open to you know people are are forgiving for the most part if organizations own it rather than if they hide and you know try to duck it and and try to escape responsibility for it
1: absolutely I totally agree and I and even to that point Conrad I would say especially those of us who are working in Christian communications we have a moral obligation to tell the truth. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. not an option for us and it and it shouldn't be for anyone. But spiritually speaking, like this is what's required. Mm-hmm. So, it's so important and what a great opportunity when you're working in a field like this to to be able to be that light, right? To be able to to be the ones that bring the truth forward um to those in the watching world.
0: That's really good advice. Last question for you is to kind of wrap up here. Yeah. One of the most overlooked aspects in PR, at least to me, is the need to build relationships and trust internally. A lot of people see PR and they understand you have to build relationships externally, Mm -hmm. but they don't see the internal work that goes into that. How do you navigate maybe difficult situations where management doesn't trust your instincts, they don't trust your strategy, they're overruling you on something,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: you feel like it would be a mistake to go with with the plan or, or the suggestion that they have?
1: Yeah, that's, that is a really tough one. Um, and, and you know what? This is such a practical question, Conrad, because this is something so many organizations do struggle with. Um, it's a real question of how do we navigate these tensions and how do we get to that place of unity? And I, I truly believe that it's important within um, the inner workings and internal workings of the organization that we do strive for unity and camaraderie. So, sometimes that requires spending more time together as a team and, and truly understanding where we're coming from. I think it's healthy um, and natural within an organization for folks to have a different um, opinion or a different, you know, perhaps take a different approach on how to handle a situation. And that's just the way that the world works, right? We're not all right. wired to think and act the same way. So I, I get that. And I think that there is a healthy um, element to that. However, if, there, if we're talking about like a huge um, misalignment or a disconnect and distrust on a greater scale, there, there could be question and pause as a communicator to say, am I in the right place? Like, is this really the right fit for me? Um, And depending on the scale of of what the situation is you're dealing with or whatnot, um, it may or may not be time for you to move along (laughs) to a different direction. Um, However, I think we can overcome a lot of those differences just by having open communication and a place where we can just come to the table and express our differences and our disagreements and say, look, how can we work together? How can we bring alignment to the table? And then there is a time where I think we also have to lean on our leadership, um, but also steering them maybe in the right direction too. So it's a sticky place to be, but I think ultimately God, especially within our, our jobs and, and working in Christian communication he he desires for there to be unity and so we have to do everything within our power to make that happen. Um, but at the same time seasons come and seasons go and if you're at a place in your career even right now as we speak where there is not alignment and um, there is a lot of walls of distrust built up and if you feel if you feel like you're just not able to push through, um maybe you should reflect internally and say you know what this it may be time to move on so that's always a difficult decision to make but uh certainly one that we should all stop and consider
0: yeah that's really helpful well elizabeth thanks so much for taking the time to do this today. i i really think you, the advice you've shared will be helpful to folks whether they're just getting started in pr or whether you know they've been working in the industry for years i think this has been really good
1: thank you thanks so much for having me
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Elevator Advice. If you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to leave us a review on Apple, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the best thing you can do to help us succeed and reach more people with these practical conversations. You can check out the show notes to connect with Elizabeth and learn more about her and her work. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us on the Elevator. We'll see you next week.